TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! hear the sound of those sirens that can only mean one thing thank you for listening to another edition of the outsider's edge on the chair shot radio network this is not your boy rance aka ray cash um brother rance is on assignment for a little while y'all he's got some family things that are going on and so we made the executive decision that we were going to put rance on assignment he's on home duty And so for the next couple of weeks, y'all are going to get me, Mr. Kyle Moores, and one of our many, many, many friends and family that we have here at the Outsider's Edge. So this week, as my first guest, um, probably will not be the last time that he comes in to talk with y'all, is good friend of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Velvet Pipes himself. Mr. Christopher Platt. How you doing, sir? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings and salutations, Kyle. It is an honor, privilege, and pleasure to be back here on the Outsider's Edge. It's been a while, man. It's been way too long, actually. It has been. It's been a hot minute. You know, it's scheduling is a hard thing when you got so many grown-ass men with, like, grown-ass lives. Sometimes it can be difficult to come up with a good time when everybody's available and everybody can hop on. So... I'm just really, really glad that we were able to find that time and you were able to join me this week. Because, man, shit keeps going down in the world of the grappling. And it <laughs> Most definitely, yes, it does. And I'm glad. My brother Kyle, he threw up the plat signal, and I came at his beck and call. So, yeah, again, I'm just happy to be here, man, chop it up with a little bit of wrestling. Shout out to Ray. Shout out to Carl. But, yeah, it's good to be here. And I'm glad to be the first, man. A one of one. Well, I mean, exactly. One of one, one of a kind. Um, And speaking of, you know, we're debuting kind of a new format this week on Outsider's Edge. And there was another debut within the world of wrestling this week. Um, Viper Piper Niven made her debut on Monday Night Raw this week. And there was a little bit of controversy surrounding that whole situation. So... For those that didn't see it, first of all, um, they've been building up the return of Eva Marie, and they're kind of doing the exact same thing with her this time that they were doing before she left 
the last time in like 2017 or whatever year it was um where she teases that she's gonna come out she teases that she's gonna compete and she's gonna wrestle and then at the last minute some fuckery happens and she doesn't compete so this week she was supposed to have a big match with naomi she comes out teases like she's gonna wrestle only no 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 not so fast all of a sudden piper niven comes in beats the dog shit out of naomi big huge debut this should be a cause of nothing but cheers but of course a little bit of controversy thrown in when piper makes her debut the announcers acted like nobody had ever seen this woman before Platt, in your opinion is there anything wrong with not acknowledging piper niven as a wwe performer prior to monday night well first and foremost god i hate a tease don't you kyle i mean (laughs) sometimes yes but in the case of eva marie i think the tease is probably going to be better than the delivery so like maybe she should just tease it out as long as she can touche touche no i love that character but as far as piper goes this is much ado about nothing man they did the exact same thing with yapit koto when they reintroduced him with uh, Apollo Crews and him being his heavy on, on SmackDown. I mean, you, you got to remember Kyle, man, we live in the bubble in terms of wrestling fans. So we're tuned in and in plug to everything, but there's a large contingency out there that maybe they just watch raw. Maybe they just watch SmackDown. Maybe they just watch AEW or whatever the case may be to get their wrestling fix for the week. And then they go about their lives. You know, NXT in itself is a very niche product. And NXT UK is a niche of a niche. So I don't have a problem with them not acknowledging who this woman is because there's a a very real possibility that the majority of the audience that tuned in had no idea who she was. You know what I mean? My my bigger thing or issue with this is, okay, so number one, you're going to have Naomi lose to Eva Marie, but then you can't even have her lose to Eva Marie. You have her come out and get squashed by fucking Amy Schumer. Like that that's what y'all think about Naomi. So I was more upset about that than anything else. But I can forgive that though, because Piper is the rare Haas female. We don't get a lot of Haas women. And so when a big Haas comes in and squashes somebody, even when it's somebody established, I'm always a little bit more forgiving because it's like, all right, so you're establishing this person as this big unstoppable force. And I think that's where they're going with it. I I would only push back a little bit on what you're saying, because I think on the whole, I agree with you. I think on the whole, especially within the world of wrestling, like gimmick changes happen all the fucking time. People change their names all the fucking time. There's nothing new or unique or strange about that. However, I think where I would maybe push back a little bit is you have created your own multiverse within your NXT 205 Live, NXT UK. And you're right, it is a niche. But there's nothing wrong with the announcers just saying, oh my gosh, this is Piper Niven from NXT UK. Does the average audience person know who that is? No, they they might not know who the fuck that is. But you accomplish two things there. One, you put over the fact that this is somebody that you've heard of. This isn't just some random heifer off the street. That's number one. But number two, you give people a reason to maybe go into your library and look at 
NXT UK and watch some of this stuff. Maybe they liked what they saw from Piper Nevin and they want to see more of her stuff. Um, And you can also, in the ensuing weeks, then just do a small highlight package. It could be one of those 30-second video packages that Kevin Dunn does all the fucking time where you're just like, this is Piper Nevin beating the dog shit out of all of the women in NXT UK. That's all you need to know. Yeah, this is Eva's new heavy. Even if you want to change your name, you can still tie that all in, I think. But I think, Grand Scheme, you're probably right. What do you think, though? I, I think, really, you're just going to totally no-sell no my Amy Schumer joke. Like, literally everything I said was leading up to that joke. I mean, everything I was, was the setup for that. To, I, was trying to let it go, I was trying to let it go because I couldn't decide whether it was a compliment or an insult to Piper Niven. It, it was no disrespect to her, man. I just see a resemblance. In oh, no, Ezra. you're right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just trying to decide for myself if being fair compared to Amy, to Amy Schumer <laughs> is a compliment or an insult. To be fair, Piper is way more talented than Amy Schumer. I don't think she's Facts. ever stole anybody else's jokes, you know. Facts. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger, I think the more egregious rumor surrounding Piper Niven after the debut is the rumor that they're, that her new name is going to be Dewdrop. Yeah. yeah. Word on the street is that her new name is gonna be Dewdrop. So what is she gonna come out with like a fucking barbershop quartet or some shit? They go be I mean, I thought to myself, Dewdrop, is that some like mid grade weed? Like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. this? Dewdrop? That does sound like a greater Reggie. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, this, this just sounds like, yo man, can I get you can I get some stuff? Look, you can get some, but all I got is that dewdrop. I could also see see that being a name of a stripper in the Midwest, a thick stripper in the Midwest, which Piper yeah. Pippen, spot on, spot on. Now, I will say this. Speaking of that, though, I will say this. I will say this. I'm here for a lot of your criticisms, even when they're stupid. I can handle a lot of criticism. But if you are one of those sad-ass troglodyte motherfuckers, that dusted off your Twitter fingers so that you could body shame Piper Niven? Fuck you. We are not going to do that shit. Were y'all paying attention at all last year? We had a whole thing about this. It's not cool, y'all. Cut the shit. Did you see that stuff? Plus, the the fucked up part is everybody that's talking shit about her, she could probably whoop their ass. And some of them will probably be into that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. That's the other part is it's just like, number one, she could beat the shit out of you. You'd probably enjoy it. But that's not even the point. Just like, why why you got to hate on her for succeeding at something that you can't do? Like, like, she's going to... She gonna get these jokes, you know what I mean? Like the Amy Schumer thing. Yeah, but that's not oh, yeah, from, but that's but it ain't coming from a malicious place. Like if you gonna body shame her, body shame Mark does Lee. look like Amy Schumer. Like that's not a, comparing her to Amy Schumer has nothing to do with her size. That's just a like, yeah, if you look at their faces, there's a resemblance there. And she's there's, a fucking professional athlete, and you're not gonna see me body shaming nobody. I call Nia Jax big fine, so that that ain't what's happening <laughs> oh, over here. No, agree, agree. You're doing fine. I'm just saying, I know you saw some of the same shit that I saw. People out there in the Twitterverse shaming Piper Nevin because she's a big girl. And it's just like, what's that got to do with shit? You can be a big girl and be a wrestler. You can be a big girl and be a damn good wrestler. Because Piper Niven is a damn good wrestler. 
Well, it's easy to talk shit behind a keyboard or behind a cell phone. You know what I mean? But in person, they wouldn't dare not to say a dare not a word to her like that because she would whoop their ass. So, or, or, I, I, I just you know that shit pisses me off a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's like, come on, man, what are y'all doing? You know you wouldn't say that in front of her face. Like, what are you doing? You're trying to be tough or you're trying to be funny or whatever the case may be. Just shut the fuck up. Watch wrestling. Don't watch wrestling. I really don't give a shit. I just want you to shut the fuck up and go away. Go somewhere. Just, like, be done with this bullshit because it's not cool. Like, that's just not fucking cool. So, long term, though, um, how long do you think they can stretch this out with Eva Marie in terms of the just she never gets in the ring, she never does anything? Like, how, how, what's the mileage on that? That's a good question because, like you said, once she actually gets in the ring and you see what she has, which it's is probably booted. not much. Yeah, it's, it's a wrap. So, yeah, I would stretch this out as long as we can. The mileage, the problem with WWE is, man, they have a track record in the last 10 years of uh, not being able to extend storylines or not being able to carry out long-term storylines without them getting hokey or convoluted or whatever the case may be. So I think best-case scenario, six months, maybe. Well, and I think this is also a great example of something where it's just like, this woman is meant to be a valet for like within the women's division. She is meant to be a valet within the women's division. She's trained to take bumps. She can take them. Her problem is she can't do the rest of it, but any, like she is trained to take the bump. If you just want people to beat the shit out of her, that's perfect. She is perfect for that valet role that they don't really use within the women's division. Give her someone like a Piper Niven or any of some of these other women who struggle to talk, let her be that mouthpiece and that heater and get them angry and blah, blah, blah. And then because she is trained to take bumps at the end of the feud, let the face beat the shit out of her. That's perfect. I mean, because we grew up with that shit. You know, if, if, yeah. if it was Bobby Heaton or Jimmy Hart or Jim Cornette or whomever the case I mean, may shit, be. Even in the Attitude Era, our people grew up with the women getting the shit beat out of them by the men on some misogyny shit. But like, you know... I remember Trish Stratus being put through the table. I remember Stacey yeah. Keebler being the Duchess of Dudleyville. Like, but that's how we do it. We we set up a match between Piper and whomever, and if they beat Piper, they get five minutes alone in the ring with Eva, Eva Marie or some shit like or, that. You know what I mean? Pull some, pull, some, pull some right to censor type shit, where it's just like at the end of these feuds, have some shit happen where whoever her heavy is gets taken out of commission or rolls out of the ring for a minute or whatever and she doesn't realize it and then boom now she's got to take whatever the finisher is i i just hope they figure this out man because it seems like wwe can't do more than one coherent women's storyline at a time which well, sucks because there's like, a lot of talented ladies on that roster you know well and it just feels like with all that we've done to like emphasize work rate and to like remind people that the women can go, it, it just amazes me that they're still so they still feel so obligated to force people into wrestling roles that would be better suited for other roles. No, I get that. I get that. But that's what happens when you got a, a bunch of old white guys in the back. Make making all the decision. I mean, at least AEW has young white guys, but they're lame as fuck too. So I mean that 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 that's a problem. You know, why do you not have a woman in the writers' room crafting dialogue for women 
And that's why I'm really hopeful that the two women of color that they hired for the SmackDown writing team, I'm really hopeful that that can translate into more nuanced stories for more of the women. But you really think Michael Hayes and fucking um um what's my man Bruce Pritchard and all of them? You really Look, think they're gonna listen dream, to them? Man, I got a dream. I got a dream. <laughs> they might not listen to them. They might not listen to them. But if black women in America have proven anything, it's that they will find a way to make it work, even when they are being ignored. Touche. And the best women know how to plant a seed in your head and make you think it was your idea. So mm-hmm. touche. Now, you brought up AEW, and our next topic is going to be about AEW, but first, we are going to pay some bills and take a little bit of an ad break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So... Platt, you had mentioned in our last topic before we took that break, you brought up AEW. And we wanted to talk a little bit about AEW. Um, For those that missed it, Tony Khan had a whole Forbes article written about him. It was called Meet All Elite Wrestling's Tony Khan, the Next Lord of the Ring. And they had this big-ass photo spread and, like, full in-depth article where they did this big interview for Tony. I will say this. One thing I did notice in their big photo spread, I noticed who was in the photo, also noticed who was not in the photo, and found it some interesting choices to be made. Because not appearing in this giant photo with Tony Khan at the center of it, showing off all of the greatness of AEW, not appearing anywhere in that photo, Kenny Omega, or the Young Bucks, or Hangman Page. But appearing in the photo... The Big Show, and Sean Spears, and um, Eddie Kingston, and Pregnant Brandy. And I'm just like, 
are all of these people stars within the company? Yes. But why are we high? Like, why is the big show standing in this ring just to give it gravitas? You know what it is, man. I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is, pandering ass motherfuckers. But that's not the part of the, that's not what we really wanted to talk about. Number one, if you have time, read the article. It's really cool. It's um, a neat, in-depth look at what AEW is, their deal with Turner, their early business model, their kind of competition with WWE, them becoming the second biggest promotion in North America, yada, yada. But one of the highlights within the article was the news that AEW has received $43.75 million from TNT in 2020, but as a company, they remain in the red for now because they have made an eight-figure investment in their video game department. What are your initial thoughts to just that part? Eight so, investment on the video games. Before I even got to the video game part, man, I just assumed they were in the red anyway. I know they're making money from Turner. I know that their pay-per-views do relatively well. But at the same point in time, man, these motherfuckers got 876 wrestlers on the payroll. There's no way they've turned a profit yet. It's impossible. It's, no, it's virtually fair. impossible. And you got to remember who's doing this, man. Pretty Tony Khan, fucking the Bucks, Omega. All these guys are, they're video game nerds. So of course they would invest this type of thing into a video game because that's what they do. And I'm assuming most of their fan base does this as well. Now, if it pays off, you know, high risk, high reward. But that's what happens when you got a billionaire son and and Shaka Khan is trying to keep Tony out the way. They playing with the house's money. So they can't lose even when they lose, you know. Eventually, if they don't start to turn a profit, Shaka's probably going to turn the faucet off, i.e. Bob Carter and Dixie. But at this point in time, man, yeah, they got it. I think it depends on how much they lose. I think it depends on how much of a loss you're talking. Because when you've got blood oil money like they've got, if the company's only losing like a quarter of a mil or, or like enough. two million, or even if That's the company's the, losing like two, three million a year, if you've That's got a billion... Bundle. Exactly. Yeah, if you've got yeah. billions of dollars like the cons do, you're looking at that like couple of million that yeah. AEW loses and you're just like, yeah, but this is fun for me. Yeah, it's like it's like if you or I, damn, I dropped that twenty dollar bill out of my pocket at the gas station. You know, what I mean? that that sucks, but I'll be all right. Ultimately, you know? yeah, I'm not going to drive back to the gas station after <laughs> I've already left to go searching but, for it. But like my thought wasn't that my thought was, is it? a wise investment. Not because I think it's foolish to invest in video games and not because I think it's foolish to want to put out a quality video game. Because an eight-figure investment tells me that you want this console game to be really fucking good. But my thought was just in how many units you're going to have to move of this game at $60 a pop across however many platforms it releases on to make back this eight-figure investment. Well, number one, I have to ask you, because I haven't had a chance to read the article, what's special about this video game? Are they trying to revolutionize the video game industry? Is it going to be virtual reality? Like, what? where's that money going? I don't think—it didn't really specify, like, 
what exactly i think it was just it's just basically saying it's an eight figure investment overall into video games period across so like they released that like widely panned and ridiculous licensed uh freemium game and then they've got another mobile game that's in the works and they've got a console game that they're working on now i would imagine some of that investment is in the upfront um groundwork stuff that like WWE 2K doesn't have to do every single year. They only have to do every couple of years, you know, character renderings, mocaps, um, that kind of shit. So I'm assuming some of it is into that and probably music licensing, um, platforming, etc. But even so, I'm just still thinking eight figures is tens of millions. Like, if we're being, if we're being honest, though, Kyle... This whole endeavor, AEW and all that, all, this whole endeavor is not a wise investment. Like, who the fuck in their right mind would invest in a professional wrestling company? So we've already gone down the rabbit hole, man. We might as well keep traveling downhill and building up that snowball until it becomes an avalanche. Like, this, it is what it is. They're in so deep now, you might as well try to do what you got to do. The only way that it makes sense to me, because in my head, I'm thinking, well, why don't you partner with an ea or a kunami or somebody like that that has been doing this for years and partner with them now developing it yourself you get to reap all the benefits all the rewards and you're your own boss so i get that but i don't see how it could be profitable hell i don't see how this whole wrestling thing is going to be profitable especially how they you know the start they've gotten off to so yeah i don't see how this shit is going to be profitable at all and then you got to keep coming out with them every single year because the last year's game is going to be obsolete. Like, yeah, I don't see how they well, can make see any money that, this now see that's Now, see, that's a trap I hope they don't fall into. I hope that is a trap they don't fall into. I am a video game player. I'm a big fan of video games. I'm a firm believer. You don't have to release a title every year. You don't have to release a title every year. Don't fall into that trap that the major sports fall into because that's why the major sports titles are all trash. They're all trash because you've got to put a game out every single year because the rosters are obsolete now and blah, 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 blah. And as a result, they just take the same exact game skeleton, add or subtract a few of the same handfuls of bells and whistles every year and spit it out to you as a new game. When it would be much smarter, much better investment to release a game every couple of years and then just do like fighting games do, and release a bunch of roster packs with new fighters and new... Oh, you signed a new wrestler? Great. It took us two months to get them in the studio, get their shit rendered, get all of that coded for the game. Now you can pay me $5 and you can upload it into the game. Yeah, but if I'm spending eight figures, man, I'm not going to wait two years and just make $5 because we signed Daniel Bryan or Braun Strowman or whomever. You're right. No, you're right. You're right from a business standpoint. That's why they release them every year. I'm saying from a quality standpoint, there's they got to make a choice. They've got to make a choice. Are they going to pursue the whole we're a bunch of gamer nerds making a video game, so we're going to take our sweet time and produce a very high quality game? Or are they going to go down the rabbit hole of, well, we're owned by a billionaire, so we got to make that money? This is America, Kyle. Don't nobody give a shit about quality anymore. Your microwave is going to die two years from the day that you buy it nowadays. Like, this is it's just what it is. I mean, that's <laughs> unfortunate. That's unfortunate. 
because that's going to make it that much harder for them to turn a profit for exactly the reason you're talking about. If you're doing this and you're going to turn this around every single fucking year, that means you're going to have to make the game every single fucking year, which means that's multi-millions of dollars that you're throwing into for this production every year as a needless expense. No, I feel you. And shout out to Tony Khan, man. I give him a lot of shit, but he's living the dream. He's literally oh, yeah. living his dream. You know what I mean? He's and I respect going hardcore. <laughs> you know, without the, gives, the, the, the women or the coolness or. No, the, no, no. He gives me like Tony Khan gives me serious Tony Montana after the fall vibes. <laughs> like, I'm thinking it was Zuckerberg. Nah, he gives me serious Scarface after the fall vibes, just <laughs> sitting in his penthouse upstairs with his dogs and his cocaine. Um, you know, allegedly, even though alleged. I don't think that's, I don't think that's so alleged. I mean, have you seen him lately? Either. I don't either. I mean, <laughs> not just lately. It's like, so I'll say the same thing with him that I said with Shane McMahon. You're right, allegedly, but I'm just saying these body ticks and mannerisms are familiar if you've seen some things in the streets. Indeed. Hell, the way he books, it, the, his booking is schizophrenic and scatterbrained and all no, over. No, 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 no. The His booking and their booking overall is very indicative of the boys and a fanboy running a company. Yeah. With it's all sugar. It's, it is all sugar constantly like the show itself is all sugar all sugar all sugar constant high spots constant high energy constant up 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 um and then with the feuds they just burn through them because they want to be different which i respect but they're wanting to be different is all right so our competitor never ends feuds so our solution is just going to be to end feuds all the fucking time whether they've actually come to a logical conclusion or not, just nope, we built up to a match. They had a match. We done now. Tony, try some coffee every now and again. Hell, take an antidepressant every now and again. You got to come down eventually. We saw how Scarface ended, right? I not mean, so well. All I'm saying is there's a reason he's wearing sunglasses indoors all the fucking time, no matter what time of day it is. Oh, yeah. We say the same thing. Yeah. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we here. We yeah. here. Yeah. But, but, but I will give them credit for this much because this bleeds into our next topic. Ticket sales are good for their, like, early returns on ticket sales for their first couple of shows that they're planning on this tour. They're good. Um, I bought tickets to Dynamite is going to be in Charlotte at the end of July. I bought tickets. And because I bought tickets, I can say that I think a big part of the reason why AEW ticket sales are good. It's affordable. It's very affordable. I got my sister and I two tickets in the lower bowl of the arena that they're going to be in. It's the, in, I guess it's called the Bojangles Coliseum now. It's gone through like five name changes since I've lived in Charlotte. Um, but anyway, anyway, the good seats in the lower bowl going to be pretty decent view of the ring. For two seats to a televised show on the hard cam side, I paid like 110 bucks. Nice. That's not bad at all. On the flip side, I bought tickets to WWE's Got a House show in Columbia in August. 
three days after my birthday. So I was just like, well, fuck yeah, it's my birthday. I'm going to go to that as well. I got two tickets to that as well. Two tickets to a house show in roughly similar area, slightly worse seats, over 100 bucks once you include all the fees. Sheesh. And, and so I had seen several articles, I'm sure you saw them as well, indicating that WWE's first few shows in this tour that they've got going on to SummerSlam, they are struggling to sell tickets. They are really struggling to push tickets. And I don't, I'd love to get your thoughts, but my initial thought is a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it, has to do with the fact that it's expensive as shit to go to a WWE show. So when I first saw that, man, before I read anything, my first initial thought, obviously COVID. You know, people are a little hesitant to go and be around a group of people and stuff like that. But then, yeah, I saw what they were charging. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like they're trying to make up for lost time because they miss so much time without, you know, house shows. But I I think it's kind of like house shows don't matter anymore. WWE has conditioned their fans for the last 15 years that nothing of significance is going to happen on a house show, so it doesn't matter. Even though the house shows are the most fun WWE shows yeah, to go to. they are the experience. They, yeah. are, they are the best experience. But it's like they, they've conditioned us to think that nothing's gonna ma- nothing matters or nothing of significance is going to happen. So it's like, okay, we're going to build these suckers that we can get no offense, but yeah. we're going to build these suckers that we can get to come out to the couch shows for all we can because we can do that we're the e why the fuck not you know yeah no absolutely i think that where it bites them on the flip though is now they're in a situation where you're struggling to push tickets to your actually televised shows and so then here's where this creates the feedback loop that leads to the mouth breathers to (laughs) come out the woodwork and start shitting So they're struggling to push these tickets because they're expensive as shit. And let's be real. You and I are both you and I are both going to keep it a buck here. I wouldn't buy tickets to Monday Night Raw right now. No, no, it's 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 not a fun experience, man. I've been to a few Raw's in the last five years. It's not a fun experience. I've been to a few Raw's in the last several years as well. And the thing is, the three hour runtime of Raw plus the hour beforehand. So you're there, gonna be there at least four and a half hours for this show. And if I'm gonna sit at a show for four and a half hours, it better be fucking good. And then they bring you up, and then it's a commercial, it yeah. goes dark, you gotta watch the commercials. It's like, goddamn, I might as yeah. well just be sitting at home if I'm gonna do this. And then by the time it's all over, you're just ready to leave. You just don't want to be there anymore, man. It's just time to well, go. Well, and I hate you the know? way that they pay. Well, and I hate so much about the way that they pace now in terms of. And I've I've been to several televised WWE shows over the last couple of years where this has been a problem. I fucking hate you have somebody come out and make their entrance for this match that you're about to have, and then y'all go to commercial and we don't start the match. We just stand there. And then when it comes back, they turn the music back on. Like, yeah. this has been played this whole time. And my thing is, why don't you just let them give them a live mic? Let them antagonize the crowd and maybe try to get some heat. So then when you do, come back from commercial, maybe the crowd is rabid, you know? Just have them that, talk shit about us. Do that. Like, I don't know. Maybe don't. 
schedule your match entrances for right before the commercial break. <laughs> like, I know that the reason, I'm sure the reason that they did that was because they want to make sure that people don't miss the matches, but y'all have already conditioned us to realize that the matches don't fucking matter on the TVs anyway. So, like, I would much rather you start the match, go to commercial, mm-hmm. and I come back mid-match than mm-hmm. this, like, awkward bullshit because... Not only is it awkward for us as the TV viewer, it's terrible for the live viewer. Yeah, it kills the crowd. It, it I mean, the, you could literally feel the energy dissipate while you're there. Like, it's palatable, you know what I mean? And it, I mean, but and that's they just do the way it they... constantly, and then, which feeds into something that, you know, I guested on Babyface Heel this week. And one of the topics we got into was Bobby Lashley as a main eventer. And one of the comments I had brought up is it's hard to judge Lashley and McIntyre as main eventers because Raw is so bad. Mm-hmm. And that makes it harder on the main event because even if the main event scene itself isn't necessarily terrible, if the entirety of the show surrounding it is so boring or so repetitive or so just shitty we're not going to care that yeah. McIntyre and Lashley are still killing it and that they're good and blah, 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 because the show is trash. Yeah. And it sucks because they're both doing God's work right now. They, they've both been revelations. They're awesome, but somebody got to get the blame and well, I'm and scared that so, it's going to be them, you know? Well, and so on top of that, because of what you, what we're talking about with the way that it ebbs and flows and it goes up and down at the live shows, that's also part of the reason why a lot of times the reactions you get from these live crowds aren't what you thought they were going to be. You've played with my emotions all fucking night. So, like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. But, but another thing you got to remember, too, though, Kyle, is that AEW, in a lot of ways, they're still the new toy. Yeah. So they're, you know, they still got a little bit of buzz about them. Like it, it kind of dissipated, and they got hit hard. I think uh, AEW and New Japan got hit harder than anybody else with the lack of a crowd and with the whole yes. world shutting down. Yes. You know what I mean? And you can, and you can really tell because now that AEW is back to having crowds of considerable size, the atmosphere around the shows themselves is totally different because we've all acknowledged this the entire pandemic. Wrestling is a crowd show. Yeah. Like as yeah. much as the crowd is the worst, as much as the fans are the worst thing about the product, the product without fans in the stands is hard. That shit don't work. It it flat out it doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah, and so like you're right, they are the hot new thing. But I think one of the other things, and I think this is one of the few advantages to having wrestlers booking the territory, so to speak. They don't do nearly as much of that. We're gonna have an entrance and then go to a rando break. And then come back, and we're still just standing there waiting for shit to happen. Shit actually happens. They do. They use the picture in the picture more um, than I think WWE takes advantage of it. But I think it also helps. Shows only two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah. You know, and that is the big thing. Raw will never go back because they can't. You can't go from you can't go from two to three, and then from three back to two because it's just admitting defeat so they're never gonna do it man it makes that show so bad plus i mean to be fair if it was my money i wouldn't do it either oh no you make so much extra money from the advertising you'd be foolish not to but it, it yeah it's hard to watch most weeks 
But let me ask you this, man, because I, I read uh, within the last couple of days that AEW announced they're going up north. They're going to be, I think, in New York, New Jersey, yeah, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah, they're doing Arthur Ashe. Um, and uh, one of the stories I had read had said they had the opportunity to do, you know, MSG or Barclays or one of the other bigger arenas. But apparently, allegedly, they turned it down because those are arenas WWE's run in and they want to establish their own thing. That's bullshit. Madison Square Garden is expensive as fuck. That's why they didn't run it. Who would turn down Madison Square Garden? Not that's I. Bullshit. Not <laughs> yeah, that's I. bullshit. But do you think they'll be able to sell out Arthur Ashe? Well, my only question that I would have to follow up, are they going to be allowed full capacity? Mm, touche, touche. Yeah, because New York, they're going through some shit right now. You're right. New York is going, but I will say this, New York City, from what I've heard from some people who've gone to some sporting events there, New York City has been doing some things where, like, they've got a separate section that's the vaccinated section. <laughs> where, like, and it's called that from the standpoint of to get tickets in that area, you have to, like, have proof of vaccine, show proof of right. vaccine, blah, blah. And so as a result, that part of the arena, they can pack in more because yeah. everybody sitting there has been vaccinated and had to show proof. You have to forgive me, Kyle, from because because from time to time, man, I'm going to forget that we're in a fucking global pandemic because I'm down in Georgia and Georgia opened back up like six minutes after the oh, pandemic sir, ended. So, sir, sir, remember, <laughs> sir, remember, I live in South Carolina. I'm right there by you. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I think that will that would be my only real question, because my answer to could they sell it out is yes, because it's New York City. I know that people say, well, New York City is WWE's territory. Yeah, because for so long, WWE has been the only ticket in town. And yes, they had the history before that. When it was the territories, it was literally their territory. Mm -hmm. But New York is a marked town. New York is a huge mark town, and it's a town full of 28 million people if you include the metro. So something tells me, even if it's just locals from New York and New Jersey and Philly, because then Philly people will cross the river, um, even if it's just that, something tells me that they've got enough of a smart crowd that will fill out the AEW. New York is a smart town, and AEW plays to the smarts. That's their demographic. And I will say this. I will say this. Eddie Kingston and MJF are going to get such huge fucking pops from that crowd. Yes. Oh, I love my Eddie God. Kingston. I really I love. I love Eddie Kingston. I love everything about Eddie Kingston. I love how much Eddie Kingston is an outspoken ally to all marginalized groups and will nice. punch you in the mouth for all of us. <laughs> and I appreciate nice. that. Um, but I also love how over like rubber MJF is because like, man, he just gets it. He does. He Uh, does. Uh, last thoughts on this ticket sales topic, uh, before we kick it to the hell on the cell preview. I don't think WWE gives a shit. So they're going to jack up the ticket prices and get whatever little money they can on the ground. At this point, house shows even aren't really for revenue they're trying to to get some talent some reps because talent needs reps man you've got to know how to get over in front of a live crowd and it helps when you can go to different cities and whatnot that's why the territory era was so valuable because once they made it to the big time they had been in front of every 
type of crowd that you could possibly be in front of. So they knew how to get over in front of every type of crowd. And I think that that's that's hurting the wrestlers at this point in time man. not being able to connect with that crowd or know how to react to a crowd or know how to play off of a crowd. So that's what house shows are for, man, It's to get them reps. It's basically a scrimmage or practice, you know. I think it also will be telling, and I've been saying this for a while now, I think it'll be telling when they finally are able to go back to touring regularly. One thing they have not had to do because of the Thunderdome, they haven't had to pivot out of any story unless somebody got hurt. Unless somebody got hurt or ended up in COVID protocol, they haven't had to pivot from anything because they're piping in the reactions. They're controlling the crowd noise. They're controlling how it sounds in the arena. I'm curious how going back to the live crowds impacts their ability to tell the story they want to tell the way they want to tell it. I think that's been the best and the worst thing during this whole pandemic. You know, best in the sense of like the Roman Reigns storyline. You really think that they would have been able to play it out the way that they played it out or maybe they would have got a dead or Bad, Bad Bailey. Bailey. Another yeah. great example. She literally turns heel in the middle of all of this and for the first little bit has no idea what the fuck she's doing. And now she's one of the greatest things they've got. Yeah. But again, some of that fiend shit, you know, some of that Alexa yeah. Bliss shit. Yeah. Because, you know, that would have died in front of a live audience. And, and a lot of the stuff with the special effects and all that goofy shit, they wouldn't have even been able to do anyway with people in yeah. the house. Oh yeah, you never you could have never had the end to that last man standing match end the way that it did in front of a live crowd because there's no way to actively change the performers out and blah 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 to light them on fire in time. <laughs> to light them on fire in time. <laughs> well no, like time the- matters. We we joke about it. But time fucking matters. It's like, we joke about it, but we're old enough to remember the WCW pay-per-view where they uh, ran over time and didn't get to show their main event. Had to air that shit on Nitro. Yes, Goldberg's best match, actually, too. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing more at time to set him on fire. That phrase is just hilarious to me, man. It's just completely and utterly ridiculous, but I guess so is professional I mean, wrestling. Literally everything about I mean literally everything about that entire story was ridiculous. Everything about it is still ridiculous. Yeah. I you know, I don't I don't hate the story with Shayna Baszler because of how Shayna's looking, whatever. It gives Shayna depth for the first time in like forever. I hate the story with Shayna because I'm just like, is Alexa going to ever wrestle a regular match ever again? Like, is she just this weird, creepy cosplay Harley Quinn forever now? Leave her alone, man. She's mourning the death of her pig. (laughs) Okay, sure. Okay, sure. Um, She can mourn the death of her pig. Hopefully her pig doesn't go to hell. Um, Baking for days, bro. Baking for days. When we come back from this next break, we will go back over the Hell in the Cell card. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So we were originally going through the rundown for what we were going to talk about this week. I had totally forgotten about Hell in the Cell until you messaged me back and were like, hey, do we want to preview Hell in the Cell? And then I think you thought I thought it was a shitty idea because of the way I responded. And it was just like, <laughs> no, no, this is this is accurate. We need to go over the show. I forgot it was happening this weekend. Can, can I double back just for a second, man? Because yeah. I'm, I'm, cur- I'm curious about this, man. If you I, I'm not saying a dog or a cat or goldfish or anything like that. But if you have like a, a pet chicken or a pet pig or if my pet cow dies, am I an asshole if I cut it up and have some steak? I, how, how does that work? Um. Okay, so like <laughs> I'm going to say I guess it's different for livestock pets than it I'm, is. I'm, I'm, like... I'm not a pet. I'm not a pet guy, too. Let me let me. uh. Let me put that across, man. I, I've never the, the the biggest pet I've ever had is fish. My lady, she grew up with a dog. A dog was her brother. Eventually, we're gonna have to get a dog. But I don't have that same attachment to pets. I love animals. I have no problem with them. But no, I would delicious. say no. I would say so. I would say a house pet is different from a livestock pet. It would be my only actual answer to that. A house pet that like actively slept in bed with you and like you raised from the time it was a teeny tiny little baby, you're not going to be able to bring yourself to eat that. Um, But like if you're a farmer and you raise like feed animals for a living, part of that is knowing like, all right, you're going to get to be a certain size at a certain point and a certain age. And we're just going to old yeller your ass. Okay. So hypothetically speaking, let's say I grew up with Chico the chicken. And he was initially Chico the Cheek. I was Christopher the Baby. We grew up together. Eventually, as things that are born do, they end up dying. So am I an asshole when I look at Chico after he's died and say, you know what? Those drumsticks look delicious. I I, I think I'm going (laughs) to this is how I'm going to honor your memory. I don't think you're I don't think you're an asshole. I think you mourn however you need to mourn. (laughs) I couldn't I can't imagine doing it. But I don't think it makes you inherently a bad person. I, I just think it's hilarious that Alexa Bliss had a pet pig. And have you seen the pig? That motherfucker was almost as big as her. I mean, all I can ever think of when I think of a pet pig is, uh, hey, Arnold. <laughs> and his pet pig, Abner. Moral of the story, boys and girls, don't have farm animals as pets. Get a dog, get a cat, get a fish, get a parakeet. Get a hamster, get a snake, iguanas, savannah monitors, lizards. Just get something different. Rabbits. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, y'all. So this weekend there is a pay-per-view. Hell in the Cell is this Sunday. And at recording time, we record the show on a Thursday. At recording time, there have only been five matches announced for this card. The first of which fittingly is Mama Pig herself, Alexa Bliss, <laughs> versus the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, one on one. Who you got? Help me out here, Kyle, man. I feel like I'm bombing, man. You know selling all my shit, brother. But 
I think Alexa has to win this, right? I, I think this probably gets continued on to SummerSlam. They do some goofy shit at SummerSlam, one of them cinematic type matches. So somehow, some way, maybe Shayna starts, she has diarrhea in the ring or starts throwing up black shit or maybe Reggie RKO's her or some goofy shit like that. Because she hypnotized Reggie on Monday, right? So yeah, maybe Reggie chokes her out or something. But by hook or by crook, I think Alexa's going to pull this one out. So I agree with you that I feel like it probably builds towards some kind of goofy cinematic bullshit for SummerSlam. But because of that, I'm going to assume Shane has got to win one at some point. And that kind of propels Alexa to elevate it to another level. Like, oh, you thought this was just about a match? I don't care about a match. This is about way more than that. Um so for that reason, and I could be totally wrong, and I'm okay with being wrong, but for that reason, I'm going to go with um, Shayna on it, this one. It's got to be some screwy shit, man, because oh, how yeah. in the bloody hell can you make it believable that four feet as 12 Alexa Bliss is going to be able to catch a fair one with a legitimate MMA competitor in Shayna Baszler. Oh, no, they absolutely are going to have to do some kind of tomfuckery. Like, I think that's part of the reason why they're trying to establish this, like, supernaturally gimmick, and it's just like, oh, yeah, no, she's super-powered now. So it's not <laughs> that she's just four foot ten Alexa. Now she's four foot ten Alexa with superpowers. Spooky, spooky, spooky. <laughs> Hopefully, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Not going to go there. It involved Batman and the news that came about him uh, this week. So we'll keep it moving, man. What's the you know next what? match? You know what? <laughs> All I'm saying is that's why Batman can't hold down a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Fellas. If don't, you can't don't, go don't. down, you can't hold it down. You can't Fellas. go down, you can't hold it down. Stop being selfish lovers. I'm looking at Batman kind of side-eyed now, though. I'm thinking, I'm going back and rethinking everything I know about Batman. He clearly has mommy issues, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he's got all the money in the world. He could probably go live his fantasy life, running his daddy's company, have him a beautiful wife, a beautiful life. But he chooses to dress up in spandex every night and hunt criminals that he's not going to kill. I mean, my how many times? That. Mine ain't even that. My thing is. So wait a minute, you mean to tell me you can survive the League of Shadows, you can survive run-ins with Bane and being in prison and having your back broken, and you can go toe-to-toe with a Kryptonian, but you can't go downtown? (laughs) If it's not downtown Gotham, apparently not. And I mean, I'm gay, and even I'm just like, come on, man. That's what I'm saying. He he has no woman. He picks up teenage orphans and brings them into his house. And I mean, it's starting to add up for me. Just set it right, Platt. And as a gay person, I can echo this because we don't tolerate that shit. Don't be a selfish lover, y'all. Don't be selfish. I'm just saying, I think you and Bruce Wayne have more in common than you than you ever imagined. That 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 was my whole point of all of this. Yes. Yeah, apparently the, she <laughs> The math is math. The math is starting to math if on one like master duck, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. If it looks like a duck. Um all right. Next match that's been announced for the card. I think there will be some matches that aren't announced, but next match has been announced for the card for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We've got Bad Bailey, ding dong, hello, 
versus the champion, Bianca Belair, the EST of the WWE. Who you got? A bunch of ass, Kyle. A whole bunch of ass. That's what I got. That is fact. It's way too early to take the belt off of Bianca. You know know that. And I've been underwhelmed with how they pushed both their women's champions, you know, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, but it's way too early to take the title off of her. I think Bailey get a, a good match out of her, but yeah, Bianca can't lose yet. I think they're. I think my. I have the same problem with the way that they're pushing both champions, but it's coming across differently. My problem with the way that they're pushing both champions is they're making both of them are facing one of the four horsewomen, and it's very clear that the company considers the four horsewoman to be the actual star star. And the champion who they're facing, who's the champion, is just, like, the secondary person. Problem is, in the case of Rhea Ripley, it's just not hitting because nothing about Rhea Ripley hits. Bianca is a star. And so my, my issue with that is I'm just like, why aren't you letting her do more? She's already established herself on the main roster as a star and as a character. Why are you making Bailey carry this? Yeah, I love Karen Bailey. I love Karen Bailey. It is hilarious. Every time. Wow. Like, and especially this past Friday when Karen and Chad were on the Ding Dong Hello set and they were having their <laughs> maniacal laughter and twirling around in the chairs and all of that shit. I was just like, yeah, everything about this is a hit for me. Everything about this is a hit for me. But why are Bailey and Seth carrying all of this when Bianca and Cesaro are the ones that you're trying to establish as the higher stars now? They don't have faith in them yet. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of frustrating. But I agree. It's way, way, way too early to take the belt off Bianca. Bianca's going to retain. My bigger question for her is what comes next for her because SmackDown has a dearth of women. And once she goes over Bailey, she will have gone over both Bailey and Sasha, which basically means the only women left on SmackDown that aren't Bianca, Bailey, or Sasha are Liv Morgan, Carmella, Natty, and Tamina. I can see Carmella getting a run between here and SummerSlam. Maybe. What is it, Money in the Bank? I could see her getting a match in July. Oh, I forgot Money in the Bank is coming up. That'll be yeah. important. That'll be really important for the women. Um, let's go into that other women's championship match because neither of these are the Hell in the Cell matches. So for the Raw Women's Championship, we've got the Queen Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Now, before we get to who you got, Platt, are you with me and Rance in terms of something about Rhea Ripley is not hitting right now? It's not, man. And I love Rhea Ripley, but Same. it's just it's not hitting. I don't know what it is. It's just it's not hitting. If you can't have a good match with Asuka, let alone the character development, let we, we can get to that in a second. But if you can't have a good match with I, I could have a good match with Asuka. It's yeah. something wrong. Yeah, something about it has just. Not hit from, you're right, the matches feel, the matches feel clunky and like timing is really off. But then the character stuff is even worse because, so they, they did something that they don't do very often. They actually gave video packages for Rhea to be debuting, but I feel like they baited these video packages for forever without her debuting. 
And the video packages didn't establish a character. They were just like, look at this badass. Mm-hmm. Look at this chick beat the shit out of these other women. She's such a badass. And it's like, okay, great. But what else is there? And even the character, because I believe she's supposed to be a face, but she's kind of heelish and not in that cool, stone cold, rock kind of way. Just she's kind of a bitch. And it, yeah. there's a di- there's a disconnect there, you know? Yeah, there's just this like smugness that like I think the point I think what they're trying to go with is it's not smug because she is the champ. She knows she's the best, so she carries herself like she's the best. But no, nah, it just comes across like this comes across very heel versus heel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, I still, for the same reason as with Bianca and Bailey, I still think Rhea's going to win this one. I agree, but I, I got to give Charlotte her props. Her glow up over the last 18 months has been tremendous. She done turned herself into a snack. Not only did she, she get some good work done, her wardrobe game is upgraded. So- and she it's carries amazing. herself like she's that bitch, you know? It's amazing what happens to your confidence when you ain't got to fucking impress nobody. Touche. Touche. You know, and if nothing else, if nothing else, I can tell this. Regardless of how things ended up for him within WWE, you can tell that Andrade makes Charlotte very happy. Like, oh, yeah. just genuinely. Oh, yeah. from, oh, because yeah. everything that you're talking about with that kind of a glow up and the presentation mm-hmm. and the confidence and all of that, a lot of that comes from I'm in a relationship with someone who makes me happier than I've ever been, and I feel mm-hmm. validated, and I feel seen, and I feel loved, and my relationship with my dad is good right now, and blah, all of those things are going well. So, like, you can see it. It's just like, yeah, you are living your best life right now. Good for you. Fuck yeah. And it comes across. It really does. But how do you think behind closed doors old Rick feels about Charlie getting that Mexican jumping bean every night? I mean... <laughs> what you think about... Uh, how you feel about Andrade knocking the stuffing out that English muffin every night? I mean, so, like... <laughs> I feel like... Here, here's, how I'm a, here's how I imagine this conversation went down. Here's how I imagine this conversation went down. They're chilling in Charlotte. They're chilling in Charlotte. We, we talk about Andrade again, right? Chilling <laughs> uh, no, so they're in the About Queen time. City. They're, they're in the Queen City. And that's Rick not better, man. Talking, it still works. Rick the joke is still talking works. to Charlotte. Rick is talking to Charlotte, and he's trying to talk about all these problems that he's got with it. And she just looks at him and is just like, So you want me to go get you a little black book, bitch? <laughs> Touche. Because I feel like that's all she's got to do to shut <laughs> any conversation down. Or or not even that, not even that. If I were Charlotte, if I were Charlotte, I would have forever recorded on my phone the phrase from Ric Flair's 30 for 30 on ESPN where he was just like, I was a terrible father, I was a terrible husband, but I'm the best damn professional wrestler in the world. <laughs> I would have that shit on loop for any time I needed to check my old man on his bullshit. Oh, you're trying to be my dad right now? I was a terrible father. I was a terrible husband. This you? Sit the fuck down. I'm just saying, without getting into too many details, man, I went to a predominantly white college, so I know what getting back at my parents looks like. And we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nah, nah, nah. I'm pretty sure her getting back at her parents was Bram. <laughs> touche, touche. So, but good for her, though, man. She, yeah, they they no, seem super happy, and they're cute together. Yes. So, But no, I'm going to take Rhea to go over here. Um, Raw has a lot of women. They could go a lot of directions with that. So I'm going to take Rhea to go over here. We're going to stick with Raw. Uh, next match is the champ, Bobby Lashley, versus Drew McIntyre in a last chance Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. If Drew McIntyre loses, he will not get another shot at Bobby Lashley for the championship. So I'm sure you've heard some of the rumors for the Raw main event for SummerSlam, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it's Big Shot Bob versus another Big Shot who I don't like very much. Well, that could be a million people, but I think we're talking about the same person, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've heard about that rumor. I've heard about that rumor. I'm clearly biased, Kyle. I know. I just want him to stay on his farm. I just want him to stay on his little farm in Saskatchewan with Sable and like leave me the fuck alone. Which isn't a bad life, but I don't want Bobby Lashley to ever lose this title. You know, I thought that Drew was going to win it at WrestleMania. It's like okay, they wanted him to get his win in front of people. This last chance thing, I don't know. Now, typical WWE booking, he beat Lashley on Raw, so that would lead you to believe that he's going to lose at the pay-per-view, but they might be trying to swerve us here. I, I can see this going anyway. My bias is going to say Big Shot Bob, but I can see this going anyway. Plus, I'm just tired of these two guys wrestling. Like, they have great matches every time they get together, but it it's time for both of them to move on at this point. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I expect, even though I have been very vocal across all the platforms of being against another fucking talent draft, I'm resigned to the fact that it's coming, and I am pretty positive Drew's going to move to SmackDown. And I'm cool with that. Just keep the belt yeah. on, actually. Yeah. That's all I want. And I like Drew. Drew's been a oh, revelation. No, this like is not... This is at this point, you know, because y'all know I used to hate Drew. I've come around on Drew. This is not me just being like, oh, Drew's gonna move to SmackDown. This fucking sucks. I think at this point that's the best thing for him. There's especially have him lose this so he can't become WWE champion. So he goes over to SmackDown where Roman Reigns needs a challenger. And, and it sucks. It sucks for Drew, man, because Drew's been doing good work. I felt like he deserved better. Than to be the it champion. It does for the suck for Drew. You know, you're right. It does suck for Drew. But I think being the face against Roman will be yeah. good for Drew yeah. with fans back in the stands. Plus, they've caught lightning in a bottle with this MVP and Lashley thing. You know, Lashley is Vince's wet dream of a black champion, the and now thing, he's got his Paul Heyman. You got to rock with this. The only thing man. more fire. The only thing more fire for me right now than MVP and Lashley is Roman's tracksuit. Bob. <laughs> Not even Roman himself. Bob. Just the tracksuit. <laughs> he looks so cool when he's in his, his oh, tracksuit like, all the shots see, and shit. Yeah. Every time I see him in his tracksuit, I have flashbacks to the early 2000s, and I'm just like, is that Sean John? It's, it's like Tony Soprano Anoki in this motherfucker, man. Yeah, every time well, I see him. Or Anunnaki or whatever his last name is. You know what I'm talking about. the same color, but make it one of those old velour ones. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Russell Simmons is the WWE champion? I 
know Diddy had it like that. <laughs> so at the end of the night, when they have fans back at the house shows, he's going to come out and say, thank y'all for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. Um, but now let's get into our tribal chief. So our tribal chief is also in the hell in the cell. And our tribal chief is, of course, facing Rey Mysterio. I think we both obviously know Rey Mysterio ain't got no chance in hell of winning this match. But let's just take a minute to talk about how great this story is, how much fun SmackDown is, and how interesting the family feud between Jimmy J and Roman has been. Well, first off, I do want to give Ray Ray some props. Like, Ray Ray is yes. in my my personal top ten. Ray Ray is one of my yeah. favorite, my top Best ten favorite. Best future of all time. time. Best yeah, without, future of all time. Without question. And I'm glad they finally did something with him. I, I dig his storyline with his kid. He put his son on. He's father of the year at this point. He got his son on. This has been, I will say, like, this particular use of Ray and Dominic, like, I think the promo that Ray cut last Friday was one of the best promos I've heard Ray cut, like, ever. Yeah, ever. And it was made better because this happened after Roman whooped the dog shit out of Dominic the first time. Like, after he just came out and fucked the kid up. And so now Ray is coming out like, All right, listen, I acknowledge you. Is that what the fuck you want to hear? I acknowledge you for the scum piece of shit you are. How dare you step on my child? Pop, which is a very dad thing to do. You know what I mean? It just it oh, works. Oh, yeah, and man. it was a very son thing to do when his dad's getting his ass beat for him. <laughs> Dominic shows up with the kendo stick talking about, no, that's my daddy. <laughs> and then I have been on record saying Dominic is really Eddie Guerrero's child. Dominic Guerrero till I die. Yes. Nope. Dominic proved he was a Mysterio on Friday because only a Mysterio could get yeeted like a lawn dart by the champ. Touche. That's a family heirloom. Yes. That's, that's the most material <laughs> thing that Dominic has ever done. The badass leader of the heel faction yeeted him like a lawn dart. That's it. That's the family crest. That's yeah. it. <laughs> For those that's that the- don't know what I'm talking about, y'all look up Rey Mysterio being tossed by Kevin Nash. You will be happy that you did. Lawn dart is not an exaggeration. Bruh, everybody that's listening to this pod right now knows exactly what the fuck you talk about, and we all collectively popped when you said it. So don't even worry about that. No explanation it is necessary, sir. And I love the close-ups, the (laughs) close-up picture of Dominic with the fear in his eyes as he's being powerbombed out of the ring. That sounds like some Paul Heyman shit, though, doesn't it? Yes. Ray, allow me to retort. 25 years ago, on Monday Night Nitro, you were launched like a lawn dart. Like, that got to be some Paul Heyman shit. That's some, yeah. But I'm, I'm also loving the, like you said, the, the the Samoan dynasty and everything that's going on there, man. Like, this is this is why we watch professional wrestling, man. Just the, the nuance and the, the subtlety and just everything along with this storyline. And everybody's playing their part well, and everybody has a point in how they're feeling, you know? This is and great. And for the people who are saying, oh, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, what are you watching? Everything is happening. Seriously? Like, there's been so many callbacks and so much, like, like this past Friday was so, like, oh, the layers bruh. of the storytelling. The layers. Oh, my oh, God. Be, be in my locker room. 
you're supposed to be my brother. You're supposed to have my back. And then Roman, you're supposed to be the older brother. You set the example. I shouldn't have to ask Jay to get you in line. And Jay just sick of both their shit because he's uh. stuck in the middle with the like you could see every and understand everybody's perspective, man, and everybody has a point. This is this is awesome. This is great fucking storytelling. I don't know nothing about that. I don't care nothing about that. Oh, <laughs> just mm. yes. The layers it, on layers on layers. And shout out to the Samoans too, man. How far have they come? Twenty five years ago, they were shoeless cannibals that couldn't even I speak know. and now they're like t- now they're fucking telling shakespeare stories yeah. every friday night and yeah. by incorporating the mysterios even temporarily number one you allow this feud between street prophets and alpha academy to just percolate and come to a nice conclusion so that the mysterios will have actual contenders to right. face for their titles in their actual title feud, right. you uh, you remind everybody that, oh, yeah, Ray's the greatest luchador of all time and one of the best wrestlers of all time and a former two-time WWE champion and all of those other things. Like, it, it's just so great. And it's going to be a great match on Sunday, too. Mm-hmm. And I've told you, I, or I told Rance, here's how I end Jimmy's Rebellion if it's me. Here's how I am Jimmy's Rebellion. Jimmy fights the good fight as long as he can, and he keeps getting his ass beat till Naomi comes out to acknowledge the tribal chief, and Jimmy falls in line with the wifey. Nice, nice. I like that. I like That's that. That's how I handle it. She comes out, she's just like, enough, please, don't hurt him no more. I can't handle it. I acknowledge you for us. I acknowledge you for us. I like that. And it's good synergy, too, because that's how it worked with uh, Jay Yeah, when Jimmy good. came limping to the ring, you know? It's good synergy for that. It's also good synergy because it gives us a ready-made, built-in way to put Naomi back on SmackDown with the rest of her goddamn family because we know that's what's up. And I'm hip. Just let them run roughshod all over SmackDown. Give them all the belts. Let them go wild until Dwayne comes back and saves us. Let them go wild until Dwayne comes back and saves us. And then after Dwayne saves us in L.A., they can spend the rest of the year feuding with Hit Row. Nice. (laughs) I like them, too. Shout out to them. I like them. I mean, I I feel like the Samoans versus Hit Row would be, like, low-key the most hood shit WWE's (laughs) run in a long fucking time. I.E. ever? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and i'm here for every second of it so like bob um no so we both we both agree though obviously roman is gonna of win course. here yeah uh but it's been such great storytelling and so much fun um i'll get you on any surprise matches you think are gonna happen i would say the only one that i think will probably happen is they'll probably throw a seth rollins versus cesaro in there somewhere i don't care kyle like, you know what I mean? Whatever they're going to throw out, I don't care. No, that's good enough. I mean, you know, they might not. I, I will say they've been very, they've really stuck to this whole, if it's not WrestleMania or SummerSlam or one of our big shows, we give you that good, healthy two and a half hours and we're out of there. Wow. Yes. And as an East Coast wrestling fan, much like yourself, I really appreciate we're going to start at 7 and be done by 9.30. Thank God, because I've been struggling during these NBA playoffs, man. 
Oh, that's what I'm saying. As we remind the listeners every week, we ain't young no more. Ugh. I can't be up until 1 o'clock in the morning over some shit. No. I'm going to catch the highlights on YouTube. Pretty much. I, I wake up in the morning and go to ESPN.com and see who won. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's how so, that works. Um, No, Platt, thank you so, so, so much for coming in for me this week. I love having you. I'm so sorry it's been so long since we were able to have you on the show. Uh, tell the good people where they can find you. Plug all your shit. First and foremost, man, thank you for having me on, brother. The pleasure was all mine, man. I, I really do appreciate it, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. I, I appreciate it. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat. Look out for Pot is War. Actually, this goes up Friday, so Pot is War already debuted. But Pot is War debuts every Thursday at 8 o'clock on the Cheershot Radio Network at Cheershot.com. Three Man Weave goes up Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. at the same place I just named. But more importantly than that, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the Chair Shot is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and i guarantee by going to pro forward slash the chair shot by the time you get to pro forward slash the chair shot you are going to find a t-shirt that you love i guarantee it and more importantly than that you're going to be supporting your favorite website for news reviews opinion and analysis with attitude because you are smarter than the average fan because you come here to the chair shot so again ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. The chair Remember, we're not just the website, folks. We're a movement. Yo, y'all heard the man. Um, you can find my missing brothers, Carl, on Twitter first, at Outsider Curvin, K E R V I N. He has the best Twitter of everybody on the show. You can find oh, shit. Every, everybody on the chair shot. Like if you're not following him on Twitter, you slip you sleep it. Yes, yes. That's a damn good Twitter follow. Facts. Uh, you can find good brother Rance on Twitter at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. I am at Dr. S'mores. Of course, the show is at Outsiders Edge CS, and we are part of the Chair Shot Radio Network at Chair Shot Media. Whereas Platt reminded you, you should always use your head. And as always, y'all, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes that means we're going to hit you with some positive news, like wrestling is going back live, y'all, and the world is better for it. And other times it means we're going to have to hit you with some Realistic news, like an eight-figure video game investment? Are you fucking kidding? In this economy? But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you've got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, Rance and Carl aren't here. So without them, you damn sure know I just don't give a fuck. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... 
everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.